Marialino has bangs. The pretty little, pretty little, pretty little podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the pretty Pretty Little Little Podcast. Podcast. We're your hosts, Maria and Emily. So we are on the fourth book of the series, Unbelievable, which is the fourth, fourth book, book of the series <laughs> yep. by Sarah Shepard, <laughs> and it was published on May 27th, 2008, and on Sarah the cover of the book, it does say, <laughs> never underestimate a pretty little liar. Okay. A. So I was going to say that this is, like, what? She's the fourth book in about two years. So, first yeah. of all, we want to say that Sarah Shepard is really, like, rocking these books out. She's obviously <laughs> she's obviously a very talented writer and, like, really, like... If anything, she's a motivated writer. Okay. Talented is TBD. <laughs> okay. TBD. Okay, okay. We'll, dis- we'll discuss. I will actually just say, this is the book that I enjoyed the least. That doesn't mean that I don't have a lot to say about it. I have a ton of opinions. But I did... Not enjoy this one as much as I enjoyed the other. I rated it a 4 out of 5 on Goodreads, and I rated the others 5 out of 5 on Goodreads. So that just says a little bit about my reading experience. Want to tell us a little bit about yours? Sure. <laughs> um, honestly, this is a first book that I, like, really rushed through. So I feel like I had, like, a worse reading experience because of that is a contributing factor. Um, I Why? will say I think that this book also feels rushed in general. I kind of feel like they tried to put, like, a lot of plot points and, like, into it that just didn't always fit and just, like, kind of, like, rushed, like, mysteries unsolved into, like, things that could have taken. Like, the first three books were too slow almost. Yeah, and we can get into this later, but I felt like they ended with Hannah knowing who A is or at least thinking she knew who A was. And then the entire point of this book or plot point of this book was just her trying to remember who she thought A was. So it just Mm -hmm. kind of felt like a continuation of the third book, but in sort of like a boring, kind of like dragged on way. That's not to say that there weren't some like really interesting, fun parts of this book. Like there definitely were, and there were definitely some interesting new developments. But it was nothing to write home about. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's just dive in and give you guys kind of a background, listeners. So basically this book, um, a quick overview of like the whole storyline is basically... Once again, we start off with Hannah had just gotten in a car accident. Someone had hit her. Apparently, it was A, who has been stalking these four girls in Rosewood. Um, And Hannah's in a coma. She wakes up. And throughout this whole book, we kind of understand that at the end of this book, we're going to eventually know who A is. So this whole book is leading up to that. And we eventually do find out who A is. But we also find out who Allie's killer is. Um, or at least who is, like, the the most... Main, yeah. The highest suspect. Someone finally gets arrested in the investigation for who killed Allie. So, for now, we're just going to go through each liar's kind of plot point, and then we'll eventually lead back around to, like, the big revelations at the end. Do we'll you want to start with Spencer? Yeah. So, Spencer gets nominated for a Golden Orchid, which basically is this, like, really prestigious high school essay competition. Um... However, the catch is she had stolen her older sister Melissa's essay for this competition. Which we've been, like, talking about this essay, I feel like, for the past two books. Like, it's something that she 
has been nominated for for like the last two books and we've just been waiting to see if she's gonna win right? yes yes it's been like a huge like integral part of her life um this essay competition because it is very very important and actually i started to wonder do you think there's something similar in real life i think there definitely is um just for like some context it's like really prestigious and like if you win like you are on like the what, the cover of time or something i don't know some like big magazine and most of the winners are have gone on to be like really famous people some kind of celebrity like yeah. i think she mentions that like john mayer won the golden orchid which is like obviously not real but yeah that's you, just a yeah. sense of like how important it is and how prestigious it is yes okay so basically she's dealing with that the entire time also, in the last book, Spencer has some, like, recovered memories from the night that Allie went missing that she remembers that she had, like, pushed Allie, and at the end of the last book, she pushes her older sister, Melissa, down the stairs, and Melissa has to go to the hospital, and and then all of a sudden, that, like, kind of just wasn't talked about for the rest of the book, so that was a little odd, <laughs> but basically her entire storyline revolves around Golden Orchid stuff, and also her relationship with Melissa. Um, and then she eventually becomes friends with Mona, who is Hannah's best friend, and they kind of, like, bond. They initially become friends because while Hannah's in a coma, Mona has an idea to create this, like, kind of vigil for Hannah while she's in the coma to, like, get people to, you know, think about her and pray for her or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she plans that with Spencer, and so that's sort of how they start to bond. It's like yes. they're planning this vigil for Hannah. Yeah. Okay, and then do you want to talk about Aria? Okay, so Aria is probably the liar that has her shit most together in this book. Completely agreed. So um, she, just a little bit of a recap in the last book, Ezra got arrested for having an affair with a student, and so they're not really seeing each other anymore, um, but he does sort of have this moment with her where he tells her that he is moving away. Where is he moving? Like Virginia or Maine or something, something weird. Something like that. Some kind of like coastal town. And also a recap, Ezra is her teacher in yeah. high school. I hope everybody knows that. Yeah, I, I hope you remember this, but like if in case you're a weird first time listener, <laughs> Arya is his student, Ezra is his teacher, and they have been having an affair. Continue, yes. Arya. And so basically their like kind of last moment together is um, Arya is like talking to him outside of his apartment and they, like, start making out, and he, like, takes off his shirt in public. So like, weird. They're, like, in a heated moment. Like, and sure, it's like, whatever. And it's, like, 3 p.m. Yeah. It's, it's not, like, like 1 a.m. Broad daylight. The they're right outside of, like, the college campus, which her dad works at. And he had just been arrested the night before for having an affair with her. He just <coughs> got fired from his job. He's headed to Virginia or Maine, wherever he's going. And they just start making out on the steps of his apartment. He takes off his shirt, like, in a moment of passion. <laughs> and, like, I guess I respect. Yeah, but, like, at least <laughs> going to the lobby. Or, like, I just, I can't, I just really want to know, like, how his mind works. Like, is it, is he that simplistic where he's like, yeah, I'll just take my shirt off right now. I don't, it's I, fine. I, I can't begin to understand. So, actually, that's basically the main point for Arya for me. That's all I, I want to say about Arya. I stop thinking about, about the rest of the book. But Probably because you're... Turned off. <laughs> yeah. I, I just couldn't stop thinking about Ezra the rest of the book. And honestly, I just wish there was more Ezra. Me too. He's like non-existent in this book, which is so sad. So Ezra leaves. He gives her like a bobblehead, a Shakespeare bobblehead to like remember him by. And that's like all she has of him. Mm -hmm. And so um, she's like, whatever. She goes to live with um, her dad, 
Byron, and his mistress, Meredith. I guess it, she's not really his mistress anymore because they've, like, been dating for a while. And, like, she, whatever. She's an art student slash teacher, right, at Hollis, which is, yes. like, the college in the town, which her dad works at. Yes. And so she starts living with them. She's, like, in this, like, she literally lives in, like, the studio that Meredith uses at home. Like, her home studio. And, um, there's a little tension at first, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She ends up taking an art class at Hollis because Meredith has, like, an extra credit that she's, like, allowed to use. Sort of, like, an olive branch or whatever. Like, you can take this class. Please like you're... me as yeah. your stepmom, basically. <laughs> exactly. So, she, um, takes the class. And in the class is Jenna Marshall. And as we know, Jenna Marshall, sister to Toby Cavanaugh, they blinded her, the Jenna thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's a sign that you need to go back and listen to the last episodes. Agreed. But I can't. We do not have the time to explain that. So um, she starts taking this art class with Jenna. And since Jenna's blind, she at first tries to, like, hide her identity. So she doesn't get very far with that art. Um, Jenna obviously realizes that it's Aria. Later on in the book, Aria ends up telling the police about A. Yes. Which is, like, a main thing that we just need to... Really address. Really address. She tells the police about A. Um, she just kind of like throws caution to the wind. Is like, I don't care. A's threatened us. A hit Anna with a car. I'm um, just, I need to tell the cops. Which, honestly, I do respect because it's like, I can't it's believe it's taken this long for one of them. They're like 17 years old. How has no one like told an adult? At least a trusted adult. Like, again, not wanting to trust the cops, but like, tell an adult. It really is a sign that, like, Ara is, like, the most mature. Which, obviously, I mean, she's seeing a guy five years her elder, but, like, Arya really is, like, the most, like... Which is saying a lot because she's still extremely immature. Yeah. Of course they all are. They're, like, 16. But, like, at least she understands that it's... Okay. Continue. We're not even at the end. Finish. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, long story short, Arya finds out from Jenna... Get this. That the Jenna <laughs> please, thing. Me, please. <laughs> yeah, get this. You know how the Jenna thing happened and they were scared for years and years and years that they were going to get caught by the police for blinding Jenna? Um, Actually, Jenna was in on it with Allie. Jenna and Allie planned this firecracker thing with to basically get Toby shipped away. Mm-hmm. And Jenna was blind, blinded on accident, of course. Of course, she didn't want to be blinded. But she planned it with Allie. So the girls were actually not responsible for Jenna being blinded ever at all. So they've been worrying for years and years and years about absolutely nothing at all. They didn't do anything. And Jenna's like, yeah, like it was an accident, but who cares? I got what I wanted, which is just crazy. Crazy. Like literally, how could you have that mindset? Right. Because now if you remember, Toby committed suicide. Whatever. Or overdosed. But he can, we... We can assess that he committed suicide. He died. He died. He's dead. And she basically wanted that because he was molesting her. Yes. So, um, that's fair. Yeah. Bye, Toby. She can want him dead. Never talk about Toby again. Bye. Yeah, bye. Basically. And I will just say to all of the viewers, listeners, actually, who, um, also watch the show, yes, I know, this is not the Toby we saw on the show. And this is also not the Jenna we saw on the show. So, I just want to, you know, extend my condolences condolences to you all, all of you who used to watch the show, because I understand how hard this is for you to understand that Toby actually was a molester, at least in the books. Okay, moving on. Let's move on to 
Emily. Emily. I will talk about Emily. Emily will talk about Emily. Um, okay, so Emily's journey was just literally a wild ride from start to finish. So I, she was just literally a whirlwind. So basically we left off in the back last book where Emily got in trouble because she is a lesbian and her mom caught her kissing another girl. Maya. And her, Maya, her like girlfriend, person she's in love with apparently. So her parents freaked out and shipped her off to Iowa to live with her cousins in some rural town in Iowa. And she gets there and everyone's, they seem to be super Catholic, super Christian, super, you know. Are they Catholic? I don't know. I think <laughs> religious in some sense. Um, like literally just super conservative basically. So Maya's like, oh my god, my life sucks. I'm gonna like hate it here, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden at night, her cousin who's around the same age as her changes into like a tube top and skirt and they go to this party in a farm. Like I could, we could literally spend this entire episode talking about this, this two chapters of Emily's point of view because it is just wild. She literally goes to some farm party in Iowa. We grew up in Kansas. Did this ever actually happen? No. 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 I mean, we didn't grow up in a farm town, but, like, I just cannot imagine this happening. I just think it would have been, like, way more realistic if if it had been just, like, at a house. Like, had it been a house party or something. A farm party. And there were, like, couches in the barn and, like, kegs of beer. And it was, like, a Tuesday night. Like, this is not... Anyway. Okay, so she meets this girl, Trista, there. And they hit it off, I guess. They don't even end up kissing, but whatever... Emily and whatever. And I don't mean this to come off as, like, not progressive or, like, insensitive, but, like, how many, like, 17-year-old lesbians are there just, like, walking around... Iowa. I Rural, rural Iowa in 2008. Like, like yes. I mean, I'm sure there were lesbians, but, like, how many of them were out and how many were just, like, openly flirting with, in like... In 2008. Not yeah. 2020. 2008. 12 years ago. It just... It was... And also, how... How is it that just, like, the universe conspires for her to meet the only one other lesbian in the town? I just, I found that to be a little bit too far-fetched. And also that she was at the same party. Like, it just, yeah, agreed. Okay, so the next morning, um, Emily's aunt and uncle basically find out that they had snuck out the night before. And Emily is seen as a bad influence and gets shipped back to Pennsylvania. Her aunt and uncle basically just, like, drop her off of a train station or, like, find your way home. So Emily, like, kind of runs away, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. uh, she's just like, no. Like, she just runs away. So she knows she's going to be shipped off. So she's like, I'm just going to beat them to the punch. And, like, she just, like, goes to the airport. Yeah, which is just whatever. So anyway, her parents go on a news station. And are like, Emily, we still love you. Come home. So Emily goes home. And then her parents are all of a sudden super supportive. So they're like, we love you anyway. Let's go out to dinner with Maya, your girlfriend. I actually found that to be really unrealistic Agreed. in some ways. Agreed. Because I don't think they would just, like, throw away their prejudice just because, like, they she lost her. She ran away her. for 12 hours. Exactly. Like, I, so, I think, like, maybe they would have a moment where they were like, this isn't worth losing, losing our daughter over. But I don't necessarily think they would just be like, yeah, let's have your girlfriend over for dinner, you know? I think it would have been more gradual. Agreed. 100%. So basically they like welcome Maya with open arms, which like freaks Emily out, which actually is kind of understandable. Like it was just a complete 180. And um, for a little bit, Emily thinks that Maya might be A. 
which was like, I was just like, so much was happening with Maya. Or so, so much was happening with Emily, sorry. So then all of a sudden, Emily is still kind of texting her friend that she met in Iowa, Trista. And then all of a sudden, Trista shows up in Rosewood. And is like, hey, I came to visit you. So weird. Yeah, so just for a little context, the vigil that they're supposed to be having for Hannah that weekend, Hannah wakes up from the coma. So it's not a vigil anymore, but they decide to have like a welcome back Hannah party mm-hmm. from her coma or like her recovery, whatever. And so Trista flies in and is like shows up to the party, right? No, she shows up to the day before. Well, yeah, but she's like, I want like, yes. to go to the party. Yes. And so, yeah, that's... You can take it from there. Okay, so basically Trista comes in town. It's just so weird. Okay, so now Emily's like fighting between her feelings between Maya and Trista. They all go to the party together. Basically, Emily Emily and Trista like kind of make out. Emily and Maya get in this huge fight. And then Trista ends up making out with Noel Kahn, who was Arya's love interest in the first book. So if you don't remember Noel, you can go back and listen to that. So basically, Emily's love life is just fucking shit at this point. Like, I, I don't, she doesn't even know what's going on. She has no clue what her feelings are. So I feel for her in that sense, but also I don't feel for her at all because she just needs to get, like, one organized thought in her head at this point. Like, she just has no clue what's going on inside anything. So that's pretty much it with Emily. Yeah, so I will kind of give a summary about Hannah. So Hannah, like we said, is recovering from... The crash where she was hit by a car. Um, so she doesn't remember anything from the last book. So I'm not going to like recap too much from the last book. Once again, if you don't remember, head back to the last episode. But pretty much at the end of the book, she remembered that... Or she realized who A was because A sent her a text from a unblocked number. And she recognized the number. And so she knows who A is. Blah, blah, blah. She gets hit by the car because she knew too much. She wakes up and um, she keeps having these, like, dreams or, like, visions about Allie. And, like, in the visions slash dreams, she's, like, telling Allie, like, you're you're in danger, blah, blah, blah. So it's sort of, like, her trying to... I feel like she's sort of, like, just now maybe grieving Allie. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because, like, Hannah and Allie, like, I feel like we don't know that much about Hannah and Allie's relationship besides the fact that Hannah was just so insecure the whole time. Yeah, they definitely, like all the liars, like, they definitely had a really tumultuous relationship, but I almost think that, like, Hannah had it worse because Allie was just relentless about, like, her appearance. Yeah, and, like, Hannah just, like, wanted to be Allie. She, where, and she like, just wanted to be, like, accepted by her. Yeah. And more like, than anything. Agreed. And, like, where Spencer wanted to beat Allie and, like, Emily was in love with Allie, like... Hannah just wanted to be Allie. Like totally, she wanted totally. to like be popular and pretty and like have the world under her feet. Yes, exactly. So Hannah's having these visions, whatever, about Allie, like where she's basically telling Allie, like, I can help you, blah, blah, blah. Um, at the same time, Lucas, you may remember from the last book, oh, I he love is Lucas. just being an absolute saint. He is like staying with her in the hospital, even when she's in her coma. Like it's truly altruistic. And he is like doing. he's like literally like reading her cover to cover like Teen, Teen Vogue, Vogue Seventeen that kind of that thing. That is like also like so two thousand eight like there's maybe like yeah oh, all these like Justin Timberlake references yes. and stuff like oh so like, good stuff he knows she she likes and it's like truly he's just doing it because he really likes her and it's like out of the good of his own heart. I honestly I'm sorry but I don't know why he likes her that much. 
She is so mean to him. She's mean to him, but I think, like, he sees more to her. Because they, they have had, like, some really deep discussions. Like, she's really confided in him. Yeah. He's really confided in her. And, we didn't he like her when they were, like, little? Yeah. So, I, I think, know. like, it's just, like, just... history and, like... I just choose to accept it. I just think Lucas deserves better than her. I just think she treats him so horribly. Probably, but I'm just going to give her the benefit of the doubt because I want her to... I hope that next book is better. Yeah. We say that every time. (laughs) So, basically, um, something that annoyed me was, like, so Hannah doesn't remember who Leia is. She doesn't remember anything from, like, the night before. Or, yeah, like, the weeks before, whatever. Whatever. The book before. And... Throughout this entire book, she's, like, remembering things, but she only ever remembers things when it's, like, convenient to the plot, which bothered me because it's, like, I think that could have been done more, like, gracefully. Like, she could have just remembered things, like, casually, like, oh, weird, I woke up and I remember this point of the night. It's, like, she only remembers, like, who A is, like, right in the nick of time and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, which just bothered me because it's, like, whatever. I mean, I know it's fiction, like, that's just... Yeah, a device to push the story forward, but it just bothered me. Okay, so in this book, we find out who A is, and I am ready to reveal. Are you ready? I think I'm ready to reveal finally who A is. (laughs) Okay, do you want to say the name together? Yes. Okay. One, two, three. Mona. Mona Vanderwall. Let's get a round of applause (laughs) to the studio. is revealed to be A, and I don't know if any of our listeners were suspecting that, but she's A, you guys. And it's shocking to some, probably not surprising to others. Yes. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how they reveal it's Mona, which yeah. is interesting. Maybe. So this whole book, Mona has like confided in Spencer and the other girls and told her that she's also been receiving texts from A, and so that's kind of her way of like getting in with the girls and being like, you guys, I've also been receiving these weird texts, like, who do you think it is? Like, her playing dumb, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, like, so there's some hints leading up to it being Mona, I guess, but they're, like, weren't enough, in Not my opinion. Not a lot, yeah. We knew it was Mona, I think, like, we were pretty sure going into it, because, like, from the show, and, like, Emily's read some of the books, so I think we knew, but we were sort of curious to see if, like, if you had read the book, like, without knowing that already, like, if you would guess that, so, yeah. Yeah, I do, I do remember Mona being shocking to me. When I first read the books, I was like, how? And I, I actually remember, like, going back and, like, rereading some parts in the earlier books to, like, be like, okay, how, like, how did this even piece together? Yeah. Um, but basically, they're at this, like, party for Hannah, it's, like, her welcome back party after her coma, And they're all there, and they're like, oh, my God, do you guys, like, think, do you know who A is, blah, blah, blah. Spencer comes up, and she's like, you guys, I think Melissa killed Allie. Yeah. Her sister. She's like, I think she killed Allie. Like, she's being suspicious. Like, the note that I got from A looks like Melissa's handwriting, all this stuff. So she's, like, convinced that Melissa killed Allie. So she's like, I need to go to the police department right now and tell them that Melissa killed Allie. So Mona's like, I'll go with you. I'll drive you. And Hannah and Emily are like, we'll stay at the party. So Melissa, sorry. Mona. Mona and Spencer get into the car and they're driving to the police department. And while they're in the car, Hannah suddenly remembers after her entire coma, after her like blacking out of not remember anything, she suddenly remembers that Mona's A. Because if you remember in the last book, she knew who that Mona was A and then she got hit by a car. 
and she forgot. So she remembers that Mona's A. She texts Spencer, oh my God, you're in the car with A. Mona's A. <laughs> and they're on the way to the police department. And then Spencer's uh. like texting her frantically. Mona looks over and is like, who are you texting? Why are you texting so frantically? She looks over and she's like, you know that I'm A. Yeah, basically. So, and then Mona, as like a classic villain in any like superhero, supervillain novel, unveils her like entire villain plotline where she's like, I found Allie's diary when Maya was moving into Allie's house and the dealer attendants were moving out. And in this diary, Allie spilled all of your guys' secrets. So I knew all of your secrets and I wanted to get back to you after years of bullying, which I guess maybe is fair, but also like... <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> three years later is a little suspicious to well, me. Well, it's like... Like, haven't you gotten over this by now? Yeah, and it's one thing to, like, pull a prank on someone or, like, be kind of mean to them because they were mean to you, but, like, to completely, like, stalk them and destroy their lives. And, and like, spend so much of your own time doing this. Like, you're popular now. Like, get over it. Like, and, like... you got your life. Just, like, a little recap. Like, all of the things A did. Like, she broke up Arya's family. Yes. She... Ruined Spencer's life. Ruined Spencer's life because of, like, the boys and the, like, sibling drama and, you know, all yeah, that jazz. she broke up Hannah, her best friend's, like, family and life, and broke up her and Sean and, like, yeah. ruined and her. She outed Emily. Like, all the stuff yeah. she did was, like, so far-fetched, like, so not just revenge, like, actually psychopathic mm -hmm. behavior so we will not justify that yeah i mean we can assume that mona is legitimately a psychopath at this point totally, totally. and we say that in like the clinical term not just like she's crazy like no like, she is a psychopath she must have been like she truly like to pull this off and like be able to lie so well and like be as smart as she was and like yeah she's definitely a genius yeah for sure we'll give her that but <laughs> either way, she's crazy. Yeah, so she's driving Spencer. She's like, I'm A. She gives her an ultimatum. She's like, either you can join me and you can also be A and we can, like, be crazy and stalk your team friends up. together, team up, blah, blah, blah. Or I can basically, like, run you off of the road and basically kill you. Is that what she's saying? Yes, and Spencer chooses basically if you run off the road, which I was annoyed about. I was like... Spencer, you're supposed to be so fucking intelligent. Say, yeah, Mona, how about we go back to the police station right now? I'll team up with you and let's frame whoever yeah. we want to. And I, I do, just don't get it. I do agree that, like, that would have been the smarter decision. And I'm surprised that Spencer didn't do that because she is so smart or because, be because we've been led to believe she's so smart. Yeah, true. But at the same time, I also think, like, that was her way of, like, kind of redeeming herself. Like, she really did, like, kind of risk her life to... Because of, like, the idea that she didn't want to join up with the enemy. She was like, no, of course I'm not going to join up with you. Like, it was kind of like her, the Gryffindor in her. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to say it. Like, the reckless courage. <laughs> like, seriously. Emphasis, the emphasis on reckless. Though. Yeah, of I mean, course. I just, no, no, no. I agree. It was so stupid. But it was also, like, courageous. And I think it came from a good place, I will say. Yeah, I agree with you. It was like, I would die before I get my loyalty or my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, but she's also cheated and lied throughout this entire series. And now, <laughs> it's like, what's she stopping you yeah, now? It's like, she chooses now to have some, like, moral value. It's like, okay, Spencer, go off, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. Literally go off the cliff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, Mona drives her to this, like, 
quarry or some like random lake that's like supposed to be haunted because Basically, some like some boy died or... there or something. Yeah. Um, so just like, like imagine okay, like Stephen the sewer. <laughs> so yeah, just imagine like the Stephen King like it sewers <laughs> that like that's what I was literally imagining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they end up there and like there's like this kind of like throw down and Spencer kind of like pushes her because like obviously it's self defense. She sort of like pushes Mona, mush it. Mona falls off the cliff and pretty much no, she does die. She dies. She does. She she pretty much dies. <laughs> she pretty much like stops breathing. No, she does stop breathing. She like pretty much breaks breaks her neck, I she guess. She does, yeah. She fully breaks her neck. And honestly, I was surprised at that because I mean, for people who are once again, for the people who watch the show, Mona's pretty Mona lives the entire show. Wait, what? Mona is like a main character the rest of the show. She actually becomes friends with them again. Wait, what? I'm literally like, I'm sitting here. Yeah, this is just a reminder to Emily that she needs to watch the show fully all the way Wait, through. she doesn't die? I swear no, to God Mona she No, Mona does die. not die. She like falls off, she falls down the hill and she's like, oh, I hurt myself. Then she goes into a mental institution and then she stays in the mental institution. Sorry. What? Did I no, say it wrong? <laughs> she goes to a mental Oh my god. <laughs> Mental institution. And she like, she's there, they visit her, they find out that there's like more than just her. It's not just her, it's like this kind of like, there's other A's. It's like really confusing. But yeah, that's how they kept the show going. Yeah, well there, there are other A's obviously because the, the books keep going, but like, but what I'm trying no, to say- No, Mona for sure dies. No, but that's why I'm saying is like, I was so shocked when Mona was like actually dead because I was like- are you joking? In the show, she lives for, like, six more seasons. <laughs> so I, I was, like, shocked. I am also shocked at this. I need to watch the show. Then. Yeah, I yeah. I need to watch the show because I did not know No, this. yeah, so this is just a shout-out to all the, like, listeners, the listeners who watched the show because, yeah, I was just as shocked as you. You know, Mona's are. gone. No, Mona's gone. Mona's dead and gone. Yeah, she She's would probably grad. never be even mentioned again because That's no one cares crazy. about her. That's crazy. Oh, my God. I would love to just do an episode just about, like, Mona and how she lives Me in the too. show. Okay, wait. We need to talk about also, at the end of this book, A is really revealed. Great, whatever. Mona's A. But also, apparently, we find out who Allie's killer is. We're not for sure, but we have, like, a prime suspect who's finally arrested, and it is... One, Friend, current boyfriend, also her past boyfriend, also the person who hooked up with Allie, also the person who kissed Spencer, also the boy who everyone had a crush on. Yes. Yes. Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas, who is like basically just a creepazoid 100, <laughs> like <laughs> hooked up with creepazoid. Allie. <laughs> hooked up with Allie Allie was in seventh grade. Allie was going into seventh grade. He was a high school senior. So. Let the cre- no, no, no. Yeah, Moment yeah. of silence. Moment of silence. Let that sink in. <laughs> I hate my voice. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, um, so honestly, if you put it that way, it's absolutely no surprise at all that he's a murderer. Absolutely no surprise. Once a pedophile, always a murderer. <laughs> it's what I always say. <laughs> so it's your, it's your go-to phrase. Yeah, it's my go-to saying these days after <laughs> watching The Undoing. <laughs> True. Um, so Ian Thomas is apparently the killer. We're not 100% sure. Which actually, is that not the next name of the, the next book? Is Killer? 
I think the next book is called Killer. The wow. fifth book in the series. Yeah. You guys, just so you know, the fifth book we will be, what, one third through the podcast? I think so. Because there's 15 books in the series. Wow. And we will be on the fifth book. So that is really exciting to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, back to the third anyways, book. Anyways, <laughs> the end of the book basically ends with, like, we, the liars are, believe that Mona is dead, A is gone, and Ian is the killer. So, yes. they think that everything's resolved for the most part, I think. Pretty much. And also, I, I would say also, like, their secrets right now are pretty much tamed. Yeah, because, okay, let's, let's go through them real quick. Yeah. Hannah, she is bulimic, which I think is still kind of at large, but not yeah. really, like, much of a secret anymore. I think everyone kind of knows she struggles with, like, an eating disorder. Agreed. She struggles with, like, insecurities, whatever. Yeah. Then we have Emily. She's a lesbian. Her parents are okay with it suddenly now. I mean, she still has still struggles weird. with Maya, but, like, there's not really a secret there. Yeah. Then we have Spencer, the Golden Orchid, which we will mention real quick. I don't know if we already mentioned this, but... We didn't. Spencer wins the Golden Orchid. She gets a call, and she tells the Golden Orchid judge, panelist, whatever, that she lied and that it was really her sister's um, paper and that she cheated. Yeah. So she basically forfeits the prize. That's how the book we're ends not, at least. Yeah, it's like a weird ending where we're not, we don't see the conversation, but we're led to believe that she like basically forfeits the, the prize, prize. Yeah. Which is so fucking So annoying. ridiculous. So ridiculous. But another thing is, like, okay, Spencer's other secret was that she kissed Ian, which her sister now knows about, everyone yeah. knows about. So that's, once again, not a secret. Ian's the killer. At least that's what they think. And then, who else do we have? Arya. Arya, okay, yeah, she's still hiding the fact that she had an affair with Ezra from her parents, but, like, he's been caught by the cops. So, like, that's kind of, that secret's sort of been eradicated. And then also... And Ezra's gone. Like, Ezra's, Ezra's gone. in Maine, Virginia. Like, we don't know where <laughs> he is. We don't know. He's in some coastal he's town. He's one of the two, <laughs> and he's gone. So. Yeah, and then her other secret was, like, that her dad was, like, cheating on his... On, um... What's her name? What's his mom... What's her mom's name? Ella. Ella Montgomery. And so that... And once again, everyone knows oh, about that Oh, wait, secret. we forgot to say that. Apparently, um, Byron and Meredith, so... Oh my gosh, this Arya's, is big news! Arya's dad and his mistress slash girlfriend now, they, they are expecting! <laughs> they are expecting she's pregnant! Meredith is pregnant. The book so like pretty much ends on, on that. that. No, it's like, Meredith's like, guess what you guys, I felt nauseous because I'm actually pregnant! Yeah, so Arya's expecting a, a baby, baby, baby or a brother. brother or sister. Or they them. They done. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted um, to like yeah, of course. Exclusive. Um, for the next book, maybe we'll see. Yeah, except so, these books are like a week apart, so yeah, so like a day from now. Books. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so that's where Arya is. They're, they're exactly. Whoa. <laughs> are you good? This is this is exactly. <laughs> what we were saying is like, A has like no hold over them anymore. Yeah, at know? least. I mean, that's what they think. We know that we're only four books in, and there's about, how many? I don't do math. <laughs> I think there's, like, there's 16. What? I think. I think there's 16 books. So there's like 12 books left. Oh my god, I just got like, so we're a fourth view of, of the my way. future. We're literally a fourth of the way. We're a fourth of the way in, and so we know obviously that like A is still at large. Like, let's be real. Come on, guys. No spoilers here, but like, let's be real. A is still at large. There's like, a lot of secrets to come and some fun to come. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about like discussion questions. Let's just like break it down. 
Okay, so I think we're going to need to discuss a little bit more about, like, specific plot points for a little bit. First up, let's talk about, like, Hannah... Oh, my God. (laughs) Hannah and Lucas, their relationship, which is honestly, like, relationship goals. They're so cute. (laughs) I am, like, even more than Ari and Ezra, I'm obsessed with them. Even though Hannah's a bitch to him the entire book. But she's, like, even more of a reason to like him because he just really likes her and he sticks by her the whole time. And he really cares about her, and I love him, and I'm Team Lucas, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, and, okay. I will just say that, like, okay, so Hannah forgets everything, so she doesn't remember in the last book when Mona was like horrible to her mm-hmm. and humiliated her at Mona's birthday or whatever party that was, whatever. And so Lucas is pretty much the whole time like insinuating, like maybe you should reevaluate your friendship with Mona, this whole thing, and so. I really respect that because he doesn't, like, try to destroy their friendship, but he also Agreed. tries to be, like, maybe you should reevaluate this because I don't think she's a very good friend. Yeah, he's not, like, really controlling in the fact that he's, like, you can't be friends with Mona, but he's, like, hey, I'm looking out for what's best for you, and what's best for you isn't Mona. Exactly, and I just love Lucas, and... Me too. I think, like, eventually they're gonna find their way, sort of, is what I, I feel like hope. has I been know. insinuated. I don't know. I, I don't know. Worried. Let's just keep up hope, okay? Okay, I love Luca so much. I'm going to be brokenhearted if he, like, just fades away. Because Me too. He is really, like, he wants the best for Hannah. He truly loves Hannah, even though she's not been very nice to him. Like, But that's just because she's, like, I feel like she's just insecure and she doesn't understand, like, how he, why he even likes her and, like... Yeah, I blah, agree. Blah, because because just, that doesn't, like... It's not an excuse. It's just... It's not. It's just um, an explanation. Yeah, for okay. Another thing. Next relationship we need to discuss. Maya or Trista. So Trista is the new girl from Iowa that kind of like comes to Emily's life. She's exciting, she's fun, she's quirky, whatever. And Emily's like sort of intrigued by her, but she has this history with Maya. And when she's sort of confronted with that, she realizes that like Maya's probably the one she should be with, but like Trista was fun and blah blah blah. And Trista's kind of like I don't want to slut shame, but like Trista is sort of, like, she's not tied down to anyone. Yeah, so when Emily was in Iowa, her cousin made this, like, final parting remark to Emily, basically saying, like, Trista will hump anyone, guy or girl. <laughs> Whoa, like, I was literally, not I'm sorry, that. the word hump was used, so I'm not, like, just pulling mm-hmm. it out of my ass, but, like, which... Also, to be fair, like, is a very weird way to phrase anything. Yeah, I mean, she shouldn't have been slut-shaming her. She shouldn't have been agreed, saying it to agreed, the end, She maybe could have just said, like, Trista's not tied down to anyone. Like, she definitely wants to, like, She's explore fun. her options. Also, She's fine, blah, blah, blah. Okay, also, Emily's cousin made out with, like, four guys that night. So... Wait, Emily's cousin? Oh, Abby, yeah. Yes, her cousin Abby, like, Emily acknowledges, like... Abby made out with, like, four different guys. That so, Abby night. is one to talk. Yes. Abby is like, okay, cool. Like, so you're saying, like, if someone wants to mix up genders a bit, now they're a slut? Like, that's just not fair at all. Yeah. So, that's totally unfair. But I think, <sighs> anyway. like, I'm definitely team Maya because I feel like her and Emily have history. Maya stood by her throughout, like, the whole coming out experience. Agreed. Because it's just this, like, random girl who's, like, kind of fun to be around that she's, like, Emily's suddenly, like, obsessed with, which doesn't make any sense. But basically, the book ends with Trista hooking up with Noel Khan and Emily kind of coming to her senses and being like, okay, I really do want to be with Maya. Okay, well, I agree with you, but I also think that Emily, like, Maya's her first 
love, I, I guess she loved Allie, but like her first like real experience with another girl where I think as much as Emily probably loves Maya, Maya, she does need some like space to start understanding her feelings. Totally. So I do understand her apprehension when it comes to like diving into a no, I don't full think that, fledged like, relationship with Maya because she's like, okay, cool, I like girls, but like, what does this mean? I can't just like. I don't blame her for having doubts. I'm just saying I think like she kind of realizes that like Trista was just kind of like a cool girl that she kind of liked. Yeah, and I think that Emily like realized that the entire time. The thing is, Trista fucking like showed up out of nowhere. You know, and so it's like unfair to Emily for her to be put in the situation where she's like, hey, I have to choose between these two girls who neither of them I really even am sure about. Yeah, totally. Which comes to our next question, would you rather Maya or Trista? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it depends in what context, I guess. I mean, Trista If you were in Emily's position. Then Maya... Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's obvious. It's like, if we were doing the right thing, yeah. Maya. Yeah, for sure. And I think ultimately, like, choosing Maya would serve Emily. Not to say... Okay, but, can, I, can I choose no one? Yeah, so sure. I, I think I would choose neither. I think Emily I, if needs I were space. Emily, I think I would say neither. At least I think I would say, I need some time alone to figure out who, who I, I am. Yeah, Totally, because exactly. now she's like... She's got her parents on her side. They're okay with her being... Agreed. ...lesbian or whatever she is, bisexual, who knows. But her parents are okay with it, so maybe she just needs some time alone to, like, figure that out and, like, just be with her friends. And, I mean, she's just gone through some really traumatic experiences. She's lost her friend, who was also someone she was in love with, and she's just gone through and a lot. lost Toby. She's had a stalker. She's had yeah, Toby. Agreed. Lost, I think she just needs a break. And that, yeah. Totally. So the next question is... Would you rather be shipped off to Iowa like Emily or be hit by a car like Hannah and recover from it? Also, I think we asked this question last episode. Um, but well, we'll ask it again until the day we die. <laughs> um, maybe hit by a car, I think, still. I mean, okay, initially I was thinking hit by a car, but let's think about it. Emily went to Iowa for, what, a week? Okay, but that's not, no, 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 you don't know how, that's how it ends, though. Okay, if I didn't know how it ends, then hit by a car. But if I knew that I was going to be, be able to come back a week later, okay. have my parents fully accept me, everything seems totally fine when you come back. I, I just, I feel like, given that context, I would choose being shipped to Iowa. Because it's like, okay, cool, you have a story to tell now, you were shipped to Iowa, <laughs> and... Like, now you have a chip on your shoulder because you've had that experience. Okay, that's fair. But also, Hannah gets a, an entire party thrown for her. So. And Justin Timberlake, we will say, Justin Tim Maya, she might be A, but she no, did... No, no, Mona. Mona. <laughs> she might be A, but she did invite Justin Timberlake to Hannah's coming back party. So... And that is pretty everything, cool. Everything is forgiven, I'd say. Honestly, yeah, it's worth it. I would say that's pretty opinion. much forgiven. Okay. Justin Timberlake, come on. 2008? It's like Harry that's Styles. Like that's, that's, like, that's, that's Harry Styles. Oh, this is a fun question. Who, if you were having a surprise comeback Ooh. after you woke up from a, um, what's it called? Coma? Coma, I almost said concussion. <laughs> <laughs> after you Same woke up thing. From concussion. <laughs> after you woke up from a coma, who would you want to show up at your surprise birthday coming back party, not birthday party? Emily, go. Well, are we thinking, like, guy or girl or anyone? Celebrity, anyone. 
probably Taylor Swift. Whoa. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking. I automatically was like Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so embarrassing. No. But like, so I'll just be honest. It's on brand for you. I'll just though. be honest. That's very on brand. If Michael Sarah was at my coming home party, I'd be like, yeah, I can die happy. <laughs> okay, so Taylor Swift and Michael Sarah. I think that's a pretty good coming, welcoming home party. Oh, can you imagine them together? Oh my god, imagine. Michael, Sarah, and Taylor Swift, they sing. They literally sing together. Michael, Sarah's a singer. Did you know that? No. He does. He sings. Okay, anyway. Has, has he sing to you? In my dreams, he has. Yes. <laughs> if, if Michael, Sarah could sing one song to you, what would he sing? Okay, anyone else but you from Juno. Obviously. You think I haven't <laughs> thought about this before? <laughs> okay, anyways. The next thing we need to just, frankly, we need to discuss, because it's our actual duty. Please brutality. As liberal women, please brutality. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that. And we also need to discuss Ezra. And okay, 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 okay. I, okay. So Ezra is arrested in the last book for his relationship with Arya, who is underage. Ezra, we are guessing, is around 22, 23. We are thinking more 23, 24. That's how I want to be thinking about him. That's okay. the age I want to be thinking about him as. So pretty much Ezra <sighs> is arrested him, for this relationship. Arya, fact check. Producer, Megan, Aria is 17. Am I correct? I'm going to say yes for now. We'll fact check later. Thank <laughs> you. Circle back. Aria is 17 at the moment. She's a what, a junior in high school? I believe. Yes, she's a junior. Regardless, she's underage in the state of Pennsylvania. Rosewood, Pennsylvania, to be exact. And she's having this relationship with a teacher. Not only a teacher, he is overage. Anyways, he gets arrested the school does not, the school and the police do not contact her family. They do not tell her parents that she was having an inappropriate relationship with a teacher, with someone who was overage. And no one thought, like, hmm, that might be a non-consensual relationship. Whether or not it was consensual, it wasn't consensual because Aria was underage. Mm -hmm. If a relationship is underage, it is non-consensual. And I will Can say, we say that again? again. One more time. If a if relationship, relationship is underage, it is non-consensual. One more time. If, if a relationship is underage, it is non-consensual. Agreed. Yeah. So if you're under 18 years of age, you are not allowed to legally consent to a relationship with a guy five years older than you. And I don't care about not. maturity. I don't care about this. I don't care about the circumstances. I don't care if Ezra is the love of her life. If she is not 18 years old, she is not legally permitted to make these decisions and i'm sorry i don't care about rosewood day academy whatever it's called making these kind of decisions legal decisions to not tell her parents i just think that's absolutely ridiculous no i have a quick fact check to mention yes, yes. again okay so basically from my re from my two minute Google research search. i just did Arya was about 16 or 17 when she was having sex with Ezra. She met him at age 15, so maybe they had sex when she was 15. But when they were really, like, having a sexual relationship, she was 16 or 17, we're not sure. The legal age of consent is 16. So we're definitely looking what? at... Yes, the legal well, age of consent in Pennsylvania specifically is 16 years of age. That's ridiculous. So we're looking, I just want to bring up, well. we're looking at a little bit of a gray area here. 
Thank well, you. Okay. Thank you. First of all, let's give a round of applause to our producer, Megan. Yes, thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. But so, legal age of consent is different than, like, legal age. So, you can, yeah. you Totally, can have, totally. But, okay. But, however, like, it is a gray area where, like, two 16-year-olds can have sex with each other. But can a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old and a 30-year-old have sex with each other and it be legal? I don't think so. And also, okay, legality aside... This it's is so a question weird. of ethics because this is a private school. Yeah. And the teacher was having an illicit affair. Yes, I quoted Taylor Swift. A, teen, a, a professor, a teacher, <laughs> was having an illicit affair with a student. I'm sorry, that the, the, the parents need to be involved. Child Agreed. grooming. Child Thank grooming. You. Thank you, Megan. Thank Child you. grooming. I mean, let's be honest. Like, who knows what... Yes, we believe... Because we know Ezra that his intentions were pure. He really did like Arya. But what if they weren't? What if he was coercing her into this relationship? I think that needs to be at least questioned. I'm sorry, or, I don't and, understand. And the, and, the, and the fact is that Rosewood Day or whatever let Ezra go without any repercussions to his teaching career. Yeah, okay. Which means he can go How get about a, his teaching license is revoked for maybe yeah, six months? Yeah, agree. At least something. It, it's ridiculous. I, I agree. And also the fact is, like... Police didn't even tell her parents. Yeah. School Police, aside, Rosewood Day aside, Officer Wilden knew about this arrest, knew about this illicit affair, and he mentions it to Aria while she's visiting Hannah in the hospital, and and Aria's like, please don't tell my parents, and Wilden is like, okay. Yeah, it's like, literally, that's the conversation. All right, like, let's, all right. Listen, let's listen to the 15-year-old that's... Okay, I'm slowly lowering her age. Let's start, let's listen to the 17-year-old who is telling the cop that she doesn't want her parents told about her illicit affair. And I will say illicit affairs. Yes, I've many said that so many can. times. But I'm sorry, that's what it was. It was. And Wilden's like, okay, fine, I won't. And all of a sudden, like, the cops don't tell the parents of an underage child what legal activity they're doing. That's just not realistic. It's not fair. It's not... Honestly, a good, like, moral story to be putting into teenagers' heads or preteens or children or anything. But I will say, in, like, in defense of Sarah Shepard, Sarah Shepard, oh my gosh, I will say that's, like, a realistic, almost, standpoint to be taking because it's, like, how many of these things probably happen without, like, parents being notified, without, like, authorities being notified, without legal action being taken, it's like, let's just look at the history of abuse in this country, especially from teachers. Like, it is, it's a psychological phenomenon. Yeah. Like, teachers are doing this to children. Like, I completely I agree. understand that their relationship was technically consensual, but, like, was it? So, I agree with you on, like, the school standpoint. However, I think when police are involved, they do... I think that police almost have a too far of an overarching arm. On things like this, I don't know. I think that schools more have a tendency to keep things quiet. And yeah, I mean, it's interest. like high schools aside. Let's like, I mean, I don't want to get too into this, but like, let's look at colleges. Like when like rapes are reported and stuff, like it's just often swept under the table, swept under the rug. Yeah, schools never like, reported to the police officers because they don't want the police to get involved because police have to report stuff and then it goes to yeah. And I it agree. all comes like, down to money because. They don't want people not going to their school because they yeah. think things are happening at that school. So it's just, it's really messed up. And quite frankly, I hope it comes to bite them in the yeah. A double SS. Okay, so this is probably enough about 
Ari and Ezra specifically. But is but it? No. Okay. But also the police in this book, honestly, were like in general, just like not believable. I'll actually use the title of the book to say it was maybe unbelievable. unbelievable. Um, the fact, so basically when the liars find out that Mona is a and Spencer's with them, like they go to Wilden, Officer Wilden, they're like, hey, Mona's a, Spencer's with them. We need to go save her. And Wilden's like, I'll go save her. And Arya's like, we're coming with. And Wilden's like, okay. Like, basically, Wilden's like, yeah, you 17-year-olds come with me to a scene of a very dangerous crime. Hop in to, the car. To tag along. Let's just like, do a police chase with four 17-year-olds yeah, like, in the back of the car. I understand how, like, to move the plot along, they need to be there. But, like, Sarah Shepard could do it in a more realistic way. No, it easily could have been done. Like, Wilden could have said, no, you can't come. And Ari's like, okay. And they chase them in her SUV. Yeah. And see, I think also exactly what I was just about to say. Like, I think, like, he could have been like, absolutely not, you're not coming. He starts driving off and the girls follow him. Yes. I just don't understand. I think that would have also been, like, a testament to their friendship, too. Because it's like, no, we're not letting you, like, fall. We're not, we're going to be there to help Spencer, you know? And I just think, like, their friendship definitely is growing stronger throughout these books. Yeah. Not as strong as we had hoped they would have been Agreed. by now, but um, definitely stronger. So I'm just, like, something I'm looking forward to and then the books to come. I mean, we're only a fourth of the way through. I think there's, like you said, 16 yeah. books. We're four books in. I just really hope the girls' friendship grows because, I mean, I've said this before. I'll say it again. One of my favorite things about the show was just... Emily's pouring a glass of wine, if you can hear that. Um, but one of my favorite things about the show was just their friendship. Like, that was so much fun to me. I think everyone can agree. Right, ladies? Yes. 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 And so I'm just hoping that that bond grows, that friendship grows, because that was just, like, my favorite part. And I'm still really enjoying the books. Like, the mystery of all of it all is super fun. And, like, the relationships and the secrets and blah, blah, blah. But I think, like, the friendship is really what kept me tied to the show and what kept me like engaged so Agreed. i hope that continues no, and grows stronger that's what i'm looking forward to most what are you looking forward to most um i'm interested in like the plot plot line with ian we totally. like, don't so basically listeners like we got let off with ian is in arraignment he's in trial they think ian did it as maria said like there was an ultimatum by ali um so, I mean, like, we're left to believe that Ian did kill Allie, but it was, like, revealed in such a weird way, where if I was a reader, I honestly wouldn't believe that. Like, it would be like, oh, there's another there's another plot to his coming. Okay, so this has been um, Unbelievable, the fourth Pretty Little Liars book, and it's been Marie and Emily with the Pretty Little Podcasters. <laughs> so, it sure has been. It sure has been. So I will go into a little bit more in depth. Like, I loved Unbelievable. However, I think that the plot points were a little, like, rushed at the end. I think that Sarah Shepard could have, like, drawn them out a little bit longer throughout the book. But overall, my personal reading experience was pretty good. I am really excited to see what comes next. I think that there were, like, some really interesting cliffhangers, especially with Ian being a killer and his trial and seeing if he was a killer or not. Um, all of that is like, really interesting. So I'm very excited for the next book. And I am excited to also hear Maria's 
more in-depth opinion about her <laughs> experience. Yes, so I, I, like I said, I rated this book four out of five on Goodreads. The other books I've rated five out of five. I think this book just bothered me because I felt like it was just such a continuation of the third book, just because the whole book, I, I really knew it was Mona, who was A the whole time, so I think it just bothered me how I felt like the whole book we were just trying to get to that point, like Hannah was trying to remember who A was, and I just felt like it was like, get to the point, like we know that Mona's A, and I know for some first time readers, maybe you didn't know that, but for me it was like, come on, let's get to the point. So I'm looking forward to the future books because I'm just hoping that, you know, more comes to fruition. Like. Ian is a possible suspect in the murder. I don't 100% believe that he is the killer. I think the next book is called Killer. So I'm excited to see, like, is he the killer? Are there more suspects? I think there probably are. I don't think anything is that simple. I don't think just because he kissed Allie and he's kind of a pedophile, like, I don't 100% think that means he's the killer. So I'm excited to see what comes of that. I'm excited to see the friendships grow, especially a fan of the show. Thank you, Warner Brothers. Thank you, CW. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to see the friendships grow. I'm excited to see like their bonds and their secrets shared. So I think that's it for this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Episode. I'm excited to keep going. Hopefully, we'll get another episode out before Christmas. If not, probably the week of Christmas. Yes. Um, so be looking forward to that. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Pretty Little Podcasters. You can follow me, Emily, at Emily Reed underscore two two. You can follow Maria at Lino Lovin L E N O L O V I N, and you can follow our publicist slash producer Megan Dunn at Megan. D-U-N-N-4 on Instagram. Yes. And make sure you follow Pretty Little Podcasters as well, which Emily already said. (laughs) (laughs) And most importantly, remember that three can keep a secret. If if two two of them them are are dead. dead.